it's your girl asia and welcome back to asia's table talk so today i have a very special co-host with me chloe go ahead and introduce yourself what's up y'all you know me chloe b aka chloe the poet aka chloe with the braids aka all of it <laughs> so yeah uh, let them know your social media handles. Okay, so I have a lot of social media, but the, the one that I'm most active on is at C-C-L-E-A-U-X. That's pronounced C. Clo. It's spelled like Cleox, but it's pronounced Clo. It's C-C-L-E-A-U-X. All right. So today, what we're going to be discussing is the past couple of days in the community. in the past couple of days in the community. We talking about ways that we can help with our mental health with coping from the trauma from social media. And we'll also have a commentary from one of my friends, uh, Lauren. And I hope you guys really enjoy the episode. So let's get started. So, Today's episode is called, It Only Takes 72 Hours. So, I first came up with this plan, you know, after hearing about the George Floyd situation. So, this is going to be a part of many other episodes uh, that are collaborated into segments called Protect Our Black Men. So, basically, this is war. Because, at the end of the day, it's not just us who are here in society but it seems like we're the ones born with targets and it seems that we are we are not what society wants us to be and when we actually keep silencing ourselves and submitting to the things that the government throws at us to satisfy us when things like this happen it's not going to keep working so this is our breakdown of this past Memorial Day weekend. So to start off, we're going to talk about the Amy Cooper situation in New York. Chloe, I'm going to let you start on this one. Okay, so for those of you who do not know, basically there's a video circulating of a white woman who is calling the police on a black bird watcher because... Um, Hold on, let me get it together, y'all. You'll probably want to edit that out. All right. You're fine. <laughs> All right, so. So basically, this woman called 911 on this black bird watcher because the bird watcher asked her to leash her dog, right? And so basically, um, to me, that is kind of outrageous because it's a law that dogs are supposed to be kept on a leash when they're on public property. You know, if she was on her own private property, then I would understand maybe the need to call the police and say, hey, this man is trying to tell me to steal my property. But no, you're in Central Park. I think it's a national park, but if not, at least it's a public state park. So you need to adhere to the laws. So you can't just get mad at this man because he's trying to tell you to adhere to the laws. And then you're trying to basically 
scapegoating. That's the thing that came out to me in this um, when I was reading and researching. The word that came to my mind was scapegoat because she's trying because she's she messed up and she was wrong. She didn't follow the law and this man was trying to enforce the law like most citizens do. She wanted to throw back the penalties onto him because she was doing the wrong. And then that kind of ties into another um, something else that happened this weekend when a Georgia youth pastor had accused two black men um, of kidnapping him because he's trying to cover up that he was with a prostitute. So basically, again, it's a situation where black men and black people are becoming the scapegoat. We're getting penalized and we're getting we're getting um, executed and even judged and we're getting done wrong because of what the white people because of their shortcomings and because they are in the wrong. So basically, this pastor was in the wrong. He, he knew he shouldn't have been, especially as a pastor and an upstanding Christian man, he knew he shouldn't have been with a prostitute in a public ho- in a public motel. So he wanted to flip it back on black people. Same thing with this white lady in Central Park. She yeah. shouldn't have, she should have had the dog on the leash. She knew that she knew there was laws about that. So she's- back on the black people it's like we're always being scapegoated they're always throwing throwing back the penalization on us because of what they're doing wrong and that is the perfect that is the perfect term scapegoating uh and scapegoating is actually uh it's a hostile way to discredit like it's a discrediting routine so for those of you who don't know what scapegoating is it's trying to move the blame or responsibility from oneself to a target person or group. Usually when you're scapegoating, there's feelings of guilt, aggression, blame, suffering that are trans- like transferred away from one person so they can resolve or avoid those feelings. But basically, it's just the displacement of responsibility of blame. And, you know, it, it happens a lot to all of us and even though it hasn't been a physical scapegoating for everyone it's always been in situations where people feel that oh it is necessary to say that a black man is being characterized as a thug as a criminal so i'm gonna blame it on a black guy because the black guy is closest to a thug that is closest to the description right and you know it's it's so sad because these depictions of black people being criminals being you know hostile angry you know being that image of someone who is uncivilized and this has been going on since birth of a nation and i'm i'm talking about depicting us during slavery times saying that we were criminals. We the type right. to go out and rape and commit crime. But I will say this. But when slave owners did it, white Caucasian males did it, it was okay. It was justifiable by society. And right. so, you know, this brings to the question of even though society 
is supposed to change or evolve in some shape, form, or fashion. Has it really? That's a good question. And Asia, just to speak on a couple of things that you said, for those of you who do not know, The Birth of a Nation was a film that came out a long time ago when Woodrow Wilson was president. And he actually showed this film in the White House because he believed it was so, quote-unquote, powerful and, quote-unquote, moving. Basically, in the film, it depicted, the, as Asia said, the black man as the villain. There was a white man dressed up in blackface, and he was terrorizing white women and white men um, in, in, the, in the film. So basically, that made black the black man public enemy number one. And that has been continuing to go on since forever. It, it makes me think about um, in New York when they had stop and frisk. So basically, the um, New York the New York police force wasn't meeting their quota. So basically, what they would do is they would go out and find the people who looked like they were doing the wrong thing. These black and brown kids, they would basically search them and find a reason to put them in jail so they can meet their quota. Again, it's 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 a form of scapegoating because, okay, police force, ooh, I can't meet my quota. So what I have to do is go out and, and find people who look like they're doing something wrong and just throw them in jail because I'm doing it wrong because I'm not fulfilling my responsibilities of my job. They have to suffer. Exactly. And it's also saying that with a badge comes this immense amount of power to where people feel that they no longer have to treat people, you know, humanely in public. And I know not every officer is as grimy and as trifling as some, but there are some who still hold prejudice. There are some that still hold those values, you know, and mind you, values are something that are instilled into you. Either someone taught you or either you experienced it yourself. And so now it is stuck with you. And you mirror what you learn. I don't right. there are some things that you know hate can do that you can mirror onto someone else that you won't even know it. So that's true. I feel like the officers like the officers in New York, great example. If they're if they're taught to stop and frisk in the academy, that's what they're gonna do. If if they're taught to characterize, you know, innocent people who look like they're doing something, then that's what they're gonna do. And they're gonna stick to it and they're gonna stick to that quota. Even though it's not, you know, right. That's their right. quota. That's their philosophy. And you know, I also believe it's an ordinance thing too uh, because I know DPD in Dallas where we are they don't do that do that they don't because I mean what we're predominantly you know people of color here in the city so it wouldn't make sense to stop everyone who had melanin it wouldn't make sense to stop everyone who was brown for no reason And to me, Texas is different in and itself because I feel like Texas, we're just, we're just different. Um, call me blind because I live in Texas and because I love Texas. But to me, Texas is different. We're so cohesive that that those little, like the little little specks of racism that we do see is not, is not overtaken by the, by the oneness that we share as Texans. Right. 
because in my in my opinion we're texting first then we're black or white or hispanic then we're whatever else we are but we're texans first i feel like that's that's the the great thing about being a texan is the unity and that's just what i have to say about being in texas i'm just i'm just very pro-texas there is nothing wrong with that i almost said ain't that that's real country <laughs> but also uh getting into getting back into the police uh there, there's been a lot going on uh, with George Floyd. He was killed on May twenty, May twenty fifth. You know, Monday. Uh, you know, police brutality. They, they kneeled on him uh, until he couldn't breathe. Uh, and you know, the main quote that they took from his murder, his death, excuse me, is that he said, "Please, I can't breathe." Um, and I know a lot of people. You know, when they heard those words, they thought back to 2014. This just happened in 2014, six years ago, to Eric Gardner. Am, am, am I right? Yes, that's true. And so, it's so weird to say that we have not made progress. And you know, as a person of color, and I know as a member of the LGBT community, I have more rights in the LGBT community than I do as a black female, as a black person, excuse me. So it doesn't add up to me why, you know, we're still going through this. I understand that history repeats itself, but it's at some point where we have to step in. Right, and Asia, just to speak to what you said about his, how it's not changing, um, I was reading this book and the author made a, a very compelling point and some people are not going to like this but have to listen so you can understand the truth behind it she said that Barack Obama being elected as the first black president was one of the best things and one of the worst things to happen for black America it was one of the best things because we finally felt represented we finally felt like we had a voice but also it made other people uh, who are not of color think oh there's a black president racism is solved we don't have to protest we don't have to put affirmative action we don't have to do any of these things to make the situation better for black people in america because they already have it better there's already a black president which is false which is why we continue to see these things recurring while we feel like as a black community things just aren't getting better because they aren't because people who are who were in power and who would normally say okay let's do these things to help black people they're drawing back because oh you had a black president you'll be okay this is kind of attitude they take towards it you know they kind of take the attitude of oh you had a black president you'll be all right you'll be fine you're probably you don't have to worry anymore there's a black president you'll be good they kind of use that as like the um I don't know how to phrase it, but they use that as like the they use that as a as an answer for everything. Oh yeah. So we're like use that we need to find for, for us. I told you, like in the beginning of this episode, I said they're they're using things like that to say that you know, hey, you're satisfied now. You should be satisfied. Right. You've had a black president. You're satisfied, aren't you? No. Because even though we've had a black president, we've still had to deal with, you know, him leaving office and 
another president coming into term uh donald trump by the way and a lot of a lot of stuff happened a lot of stuff sparked out during his presidency too and it's just it's so weird to me that you know it's a strange connection between the two Just to speak on Trump a little bit, um, not to be political, like I said, a lot of things that I say, people are not going to agree with me, but just to, I just want to say this one thing just to get it out there. I'm glad Trump did not get impeached because Trump is ignorant, right? He's very ignorant. I know he's very ignorant. But Mike, he, (laughs) exactly, Mike Pence, oh my God. Girl, Mike Pence is the devil in human form. Oh my gosh. I don't understand how horrible Mike Pence is. I'd rather have Trump and his ignorance and just just being dumb than have Michael Michael Pence because he's like the devil in human form. He's really on his phone tweeting off about different situations. But Mike Pence, that man right there, he would give us nothing but pure hell. All right. So I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm on the same page with you right there. Uh. But I think definitely we should, you know, not silence ourselves during this time. But I also feel that we shouldn't, you know, continue to allow people to give us the satisfaction of some little, you know, affirmative action that they try to pull to say that, oh, yeah, problem solved. Right. I agree with that. 100%. And I just saw the video today. The woman who recorded the video, her name is uh, Darnella. She recorded the video and she was just in tears. And and I'm, I'm quoting her. She said, last night at 8 p.m., I watched a man die right here. And me thinking, it's like you're on the street, you're a woman. You know, she said she pulled her phone out. So I'm just thinking, the surroundings. What if there were children that looked just like him? What if his children were right there? What if his wife was right there? His sisters, his mother. Right. And it is just so heartbreaking to think about the fact of when is enough force enough? Because there is something truly wrong, but someone is pleading for their life, begging for their life. These are the same people who get paid by taxpayers' money to protect us. And yet, it's like we have to protect ourselves. We have to preserve ourselves. Because if not, who's going to preserve us? That's true. And it. It's heartbreaking because just think, just think about. Um, oof, I need to get my You're thoughts together. I'm sorry. It's just heartbreaking to think about that situation, you know, and to think about how how they claim that they're so afraid of us and that we we pose such a threat. But you guys have the power. You, oh, you yeah. have a gun. You have a taser. Oh, yeah. you have a, you had a nice stick. You have you have these things. We know you have the power. You there's so much blood shed to show that you have the power. So why are you still 
playing the oh I'm, I was afraid for my life this exactly. game yes it's true in some cases in some cases it is true but this man I don't think this man was posing that much of a threat for you guys to have to sit on his literally sit on his neck like it was it's never that big of a deal I mean sometimes it is but it's not but the it is like, it's, just, it's heartbreaking and it's weird how these these situations happen and you know they go viral online and you watch the videos and it's just like they walked up on him they walked the, right. the same think about it the same way George Zimmerman walked up on Trayvon Martin Trayvon fought back and got killed he got shot and killed as soon as we fight back all hell breaks loose and then right. it gives them the motive to say that they were resisting. It's life or death. That's how I think about it, you know. And I think that it's very important that we take situations like this. And we don't, I understand that we need to spread awareness on social media. But, you know, seeing this happen on social media just wasn't the best thing because we've already been through so much and it's like wow we can't catch a break but I understand I really appreciate everybody who's been on it who's been talking about it because at the end of the day if you're neutral in the situations that involve injustice then that means you're just as wrong as our oppressors Right, and that means you you chose your side. That's so true. And just to speak to what you're saying about um, how it's all social media, it sometimes it becomes very hard to just sit there and to just um, not actually ingest, but just to take in all of this stuff that you see on social media because you see. And if you're like me, I follow a lot of of quote unquote black oh, yeah. pages. And they talk about a lot about black issues, and so it's, it's just really hard to just look at this on a constant daily basis. So I feel like it's important for us to just, of course, get informed, but also take time, take a step back to just to just meditate and reflect on what we have going on, so that we don't get so caught up in this. Because taking in too much of this negativity, because it truly is negativity that these white people are giving out. They're giving out hate, and negativity when they do things like this. I think it's important for us to just take a step back and to just meditate and to just think about um, how we want to make things better, but in a in a way where it doesn't damage our mental health, you know? Exactly. And so, uh, this is also an important time to, during this whole, you know, corona situation across the country, it's very important that you guys, uh, you know, you check into your hotlines, you know, in case you have no one to talk to. But during this time, stay close, stay connected to your friends, stay connected to your family. Uh, and just, I don't know if anyone's religious, but just go pray. Yes. And just give it to God. And also, uh, I'll have another episode for you guys dropping all the hotlines if you guys ever need you know someone to talk to and next episode i'll have more guys ready to come on 
and share their opinions too. Because at the end of the day, this is a platform for everyone. So I think you guys should give a special round of applause when you hear this or a couple of snaps or whatever you want to do or maybe even a follow to Chloe. Chloe did an amazing job today. (laughs) (laughs) You did an amazing job and it was nice having you on my show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Don't forget y'all follow me and if you don't have anyone to talk to y'all can DM me. DMs always open. I don't do nothing so I have time to talk to everybody. Again my Instagram is C-C-L-E-A-U-X Thank you, Chloe. And thank you, everyone. If you made it this far listening, you guys have a great evening. All right.